Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like building grid-scale solar energy in Ohio and producing gas with fewer operational emissions in Texas. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. And now the list of things that you can buy at the Chicago Reader store at chicagoreader.com. Things to wear like Chicago Reader hats, t-shirts, bandanas, and face masks. Things for your daily life like the Chicago Reader camping mug, Chicago Reader tote bags, and a Chicago Reader reporter's notebook. Things for you to read like our Reader recipes, the Chicago Reader 420 Companion, our Chicago Reader Best of book series from journalists Maya Dukmasaba, Mike Sula, Ben Jarofsky, and Lior Galil, the Chicago Reader coloring book, and the Chicago Reader stay home puzzle. Find the Chicago Reader store at chicagoreader.com and show your support for the nation's first free weekly news newspaper since 1971. Most time of the Ben Jurassic Show as I speak. It's Wednesday, June 8th, 2022. Here's the headline in my beloved Bright One Home Delivered Every Day. Showed it to my distinguished guest uh, so that he knows it's legit. Uh, yes, I get an actual newspaper, which is kind of ironic given what I want to be discussing with my distinguished guests. Anyway, here's the headline and a bright one. Uh, Lightfoot running, an uphill race. Mayor launches re-election campaign, but she faces a fraught fight for second term. Baloney! She's in like Flint. You heard her here first, ladies and gentlemen. There'll be a runoff, and then she'll mop the floor with ever. Why? Because she's mean and nasty, and that's what you like, Chicagoans. You love your mayor's mean, you love your mayor's nasty, and the nastier and the meaner they are, the more you love them. You're sick and twisted, Chicago. You need help, okay? I'm just saying that to you. There was a great song back in the day that my distinguished guest remembers called Cruel to be Kind. That's how most Chicagoans view their mayor. The crueler she is. Greg Kinn. I believe that, was that Greg Kinn? Uh, no, that was not. Oh, my God. Just, we may have to edit that out because that's really going to undermine the cred of my distinguished guest who hasn't even introduced himself yet. I'm not going to. It was not Greg. Greg Kim. It was a Nick Lowe, I want to say. But don't quote me on that, Chicago. Don't quote me on this. Edit that out. Start the show all over again right now. <laughs> Are you kidding? That was a great riff. I can't. All right. Without further ado, I'm going to ask my distinguished guest to introduce himself. Distinguished guest, introduce yourself. First of all, not distinguished. Second of all, Charlie Meyerson, you may know me from, you may remember me from such famous radio stations as WXRT, WNUA, WGN, and from a non-radio station, the Chicago Tribune. But today, and almost every weekday, you may know me as the proprietor of the ChicagoPublicSquare.com daily email news briefing, hailed by the Chicago Reader as the best news summary in your email inbox. I couldn't be prouder. Yes, and you should be proud. Uh, so let me uh, begin by saying this. Uh, this is the absolute truth as opposed to most of the things I say in the show, which are more or less lies. Just kidding. Um, but every day I uh, ar arise very early. I'm a very early riser, about 10 a.m. Uh, and uh, I get my little trusty... <laughs> 
Charlie's like, man, I've been up since five. No, you're, but, uh, you're my prime audience because, as you know, ChicagoPublicSquare.com goes live each weekday at 10 a.m., so you are exactly in the sweet spot. Thank you very much for sleeping late. Yes. Yeah, so, so, well, that's early for me at 10 a.m. awake. Uh, but anyway, so I, I'm up. I get my little phone out. And uh, I got sh- I, I give shout outs to Shia Capos all the times. Politico. Uh, for Politico. I read uh, Shia Capos. And then I read uh, Charlie Meyerson in Public Square. And it, it tells me, folks, what you already know. Because you guys have been up since 5 in the morning. So you already know this stuff. But I had to be ready to talk about it at 1. I get up at 7. I get oh, up at 7. It's still early. Uh, <clears throat> he gets up at 7 and he chops wood, ladies and gentlemen. Unless that's a metaphor of some sort. So, I don't understand. Uh, I don't chop wood. And, and then uh, there's other publications that I read. Uh, and so Charlie was on the show once before, and I think I revealed then, Charlie, I don't know if I did, that I once applied uh, for a job, and you were the guy I had to send my resume to. Did I tell you this I, already? I don't remember this story, which doesn't mean it, that you didn't tell it to me, especially in you know our pandemic uh, milieu here. But no, and where was this that you... I believe, don't quote me, Charlie, but I believe you were uh, just starting the news operation at WXRT, and I had just moved to Chicago. Oh, no, I think and I was I looking mean, for it, it, the news operation was started by Linda Brill, and then Charles, a.k.a. C.D. Jaco, followed her. Oh, that could so have been it, have not you. confused with it. Oh, actual, I had the wrong Charles. actual distinguished Charles, as opposed to me. We're going to have to edit the whole thing Yeah, out. let's start the whole uh, show over again, okay? Right now, we'll start it again. Right now. Three, two, one. Let's go. It was a different Charles. A I better Charles, apologize. too. CD is a, is a wonderful human being. I was just uh, privileged to see him a few months ago. Well, I guess a couple of months ago. And uh, a great, great newsman. But he turned you down, huh? Uh, anyway, neither here nor there. So now you do uh, Public Square, which, uh, in my humble opinion, the reader-readers were absolutely correct. I, I have to clarify. The reader-readers did not bestow this honor on us. It was the reader in an editorial sense. It was Jack Helbig, a wonderful critic, who wrote that, which was published in the same issue that provided the reader's choices. They didn't see fit to bestow that honor upon Chicago Public Square, but the reader in its editorial wisdom gave Jack the opportunity to declare Chicago Public Square that. So I just want to be clear about that. And if you want to start the show all over again, you can right now. You can start it right <laughs> no, now. You start it. We three, three, two, one. Three, Let's go. Two, one. Let's go. Okay. Well, uh, I recall that C.D. Jaco was the one that I uh, turned to. Um, so uh, anyway, yeah, so it's one of the first things. It's either you or she. I can't remember. It just varies. Sometimes I click on hers first. Sometimes hers I click arrives on yours first. first. Hers arrives uh, around 7 o'clock, I believe. Yeah, but that's not how I operate, Charlie. It's not literally, it's like I'm going through my phone and it's like, which one do I want to start with first? And uh, you're totally different, generally different uh, different links that you have, different, uh, you like, you're more, uh, she, uh, she is more uh, straight up political junkie she stuff works for political. that I need. Yes, that's her thing, political. And you're more esoteric, if I could use that word. Like, I'm not quite, it's like whatever's moving you. And um, at that moment, uh, it seems so. And so I kind of appreciate yours is sort of like the equivalent, if I could, uh, FM rock and roll station back in 1971. Well, or something you know, like it's that. funny you, know you I mean? say that, although in 1971, I was in high school. But 
you know, and I've, I've said this in, on a couple of occasions, you know, as, a, as, as you know, that, you know, the central, the, the, the formative part of my career was, you know, uh, 10 years doing the news at WXRT. So when I sit down to do Chicago Public Square every morning, you know, in the back of my head, sometimes in the front of my head is, you know, would this have made an interesting story for XRT News? And so, again, you get me, Ben. You get me. <laughs> well, uh, yes, I get you. It's, and it's kind of like a sort of a distant cousin of a feature that ran in the reader for years, uh, News of the Weird, which was uh, really popular in the reader for many, many years. And uh, I would go, to, like when I would do stories uh, on the northwest side where the reader or the southwest side where the reader didn't, uh, it wasn't really, uh, didn't have a strong base there. But I would like encounter the equivalent of the local hippie freak and he was like, oh, yeah, man, news is weird, you know. And so that was like what the reader's identity was uh, to people on the outskirts of Readerville. And so I don't know. So wait, you're saying Chicago Public Square is like news of the weird? Yeah, some of the items are, yeah. I didn't mean to offend you. He's offended. I'm not offended. I'm just, it's suddenly uh, like Goodfellas. Kind of I mean, I'm actually flattered a little bit because it's not what I'm going for. But because it's pretty main. I mean, it's mainstream stuff. As a matter of fact, I mean, one of the criteria that I apply as I pick the stories that go in is, you know, are people going to find this interesting enough to, to click on it? And so to that extent, um, it's, you know, it's it, you know, it shaped in part by what I think people are interested in. And I, I don't know if, is everybody interested in weird stuff or is everybody interested in mainstream stuff? Well, sometimes the mainstream is weird. And so, uh, uh, and then when it's just presented as though it's not weird, then it's like they're gaslighting you. Uh, so there's a little, it's just, it's got, I don't know, maybe it's where I'm at at 10 30 in the morning, but that's 10, possible. 15. Speaking of which, so you're coming off COVID. I hope you're coming off COVID. You have endured it. And, and uh, as you know, you know, your account of contracting COVID was, uh, one day, uh, this month, the most clicked link in Chicago public square. So I am compelled to ask you, how are you? And when are you going to write about it again? Uh, probably, uh, I'm much better. Thank you. Although, uh, I have to tell you, uh, that I think I have what they call the lingering COVID, which means it lingers. And, uh, so I used to, like, I did a show trying not to, you know, share too much of my personal life with you, but then immediately I feel like I have to lay down. It's a 20 minute nap. So I took a, a 20 minute nap in between tapings today. And then, uh, so I, I got another taping. Wait, after this. wait, I'm not, another nap. I'm it's not just... the focus of your attention. I'm not the only person you're talking to today. Am I just a number to you? How many, how many hundreds of shows are you recording today? Uh, <laughs> three. And I'm, today. but that, I'm not even uh, number one. That's <laughs> you're number, number two. two. Well, that's, that's a problem. Uh, you try. So harder. you took a nap between shows. Please go on. Yes. And so that's kind of like, but now that I think about it, Charlie, and you're really probing me here with this uh, cross-examination. I probably would take a nap anyways. I can't blame that on the COVID. I'm a fan of naps. Uh, all, I mean, that's one of the joys of doing morning drive radio, which, you know, I did for many years, is it it it, it completely liberated me of any guilt for taking an afternoon nap. It was part of my routine for many years. So I approve. Yeah. Uh, thank you. Uh, so anyway, um, so yes, I'm... It, and that and a lot of congestion. Other than that, I've moved on. I did the hideout show last night. Uh, I had the mask on. Everybody was outside, so I felt pretty cool. All right, let's get back to Public Square. 
and I was very pleased uh, when Charlie told me that I was uh, number one that day. Uh, so thank you, everybody. Um, so, all right, uh, Charlie, so how, how do you go about the selection of what uh, you, you think is fit? The news that's fit for Chicago Public well, you Square. Know, it's, it's, uh, every it's, it's very much what I did for years in in radio news, um, and 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 radio news is you know predating the internet in in this sense. Radio news is what so many of us do now on our own to begin with. You get in in the morning, you read the morning papers, or now read the morning papers and check the the main news organizations' websites. You look at everything. Um, you can't, in the course of a three-minute or, uh, on occasion in my career, 95 seconds, do everything in the newspaper, everything on the wire service. You have to make hard decisions about, you know, what can I fit in here in the course of three, four, five minutes, or maybe 10 minutes. We were lucky enough to have some of those newscasts at XRT for a while. Um and so that same calculus, you know, does this fit? Doesn't it fit? Can it be in another newscast another day? Or is it something that really makes a lot of sense to be in here right now in, in this edition? Um, and, and, and then you line those up in order of, you know, theoretically, most interesting or most urgent or most recent on down to, you know, things that are interesting but maybe not urgent uh, that might not uh, have to go in today or that you might not have time to prepare before in radio terms before it's 10 o'clock and time to go on the air. Um, and, and so that, that sort of juggling of all these sources, which is what radio news again did for years. You know, all this news is happening everywhere. We have wire service, we have newspapers, we're monitoring other radio stations, we're monitoring TV stations. What are we going to tell people about in this five minute window? The difference with email, you know, in my case, 10 o'clock weekday mornings is, uh, I can fit a lot more in than you can fit into a three-minute newscast. I can fit a zillion links if I have the time. Um, so it's, uh, you know, it, it's basically what's my lead story here at 10 o'clock on a weekday morning. Uh, today, as we talk on Wednesday, um, much as I would have preferred something that wasn't so well covered yesterday, it was Mayor Lightfoot's formal declaration Tuesday that, yeah, she's running for re-election. Um, and then, you know, working my way down, uh, other stories that are relevant or newsworthy, uh, again, for or about Chicago. And I approach this again with the, the mindset shaped as a, as a radio newscaster for Chicago radio listeners is, okay, there's news happening, happening all over the world. Some of it's happening in Chicago. Some of it is not in Chicago, but is relevant or will resonate with Chicago readers or listeners, you know, whether it's in Washington or around the world, uh, or whether it's a consumer story that affects everybody everywhere. I mean, all of those things potentially could go into a radio newscast and, you know, potentially go into Chicago Public Square. Now, you said you, we would have preferred something that was not as well covered. Uh, why? If everybody in Chicago is talking about it and you want to get people uh, to click on things that they're interested, why would the fact that it was uh, well covered matter to well because it's been well covered uh especially for people who wake up before 10 o'clock in the morning ben uh you know anyone who's been paying any attention at all to the news knows that she declared yesterday and knew in fact for days before and probably months before that she was going to declare um you know the challenge 
in in doing a news roundup at ten o'clock on a, on the morning after she declares is okay. What can we say? How can I present it in a way that will not duplicate everything else everybody's heard? And it was that was a real challenge uh, today. Um, you know, to so you know, I'm just looking at it. You know, I began with uh, what I think was a pretty good quote from her in her official declaration. Uh, I'm tough. I get angry. I take things personally, and uh, my critics are absolutely right when they tell me those things. Uh, I thought it was a pretty good line from her. And then you know, her official launch video, which a lot of people watching TV probably didn't see in its entirety. Um, and then on to the other people who were already declared against her and, uh, to boot a sometimes editorial slamming her so she doesn't, you know, so there's some balance here, uh, slamming her for her, uh, uh, allegedly tough words on crime, calling it as the sometimes did a swing and a miss and not for the first time. No, I, I, uh, I mean, I think you should, uh, lead with what everybody's talking about. Because everybody's talking about it for a reason. It's you know, it's the news. Well, yeah, but I, I mean, I, I, I can tell you because you know, I monitor what people click on. That you know, those kinds of stories that I at ten o'clock in a weekday morning can't advance, or to be even more forthright, point to work by others who have advanced the story, because Chicago Public Square is is designed to spotlight the work of you know, all the great journalists in Chicago and reporting from around the world. And, and it's not my original work. I mean, the composition of it is my original work, but, it, you know, the, the heart of it is pointing to others' great work in Chicago journalism. Chicago Public Square would be nothing if there weren't a lot of great reporters doing this stuff. But um, but if, you know, those reporters haven't substantially advanced it, and I have no new reporting to point to that people haven't, uh, you know, had a chance to see 12 or 24 hours before, then it's, you know, it's a time for Chicago Public Square to consider pointing readers in the direction of things that they haven't seen or heard or read. Okay. And to that point, I will now read to you the next item, uh, which leads to a question about uh, objectivity. Uh, so here we go. Here's the next item uh, from today's uh, Public Square. And it's a uh, headline begins uh, in bold. Responsible gun owners are fed up, end of quote, in what even a Fox News anchor called the best presentation that we've seen in a very long time from the White House podium. Actor and Valde, Texas native Matthew McConaughey delivered an impassioned plea for gun control. And then there are links uh, to the Fox News anchor calling it the best presentation we've seen. And there's a link to uh, Matthew McConaughey's impassioned plea for gun control. Uh, the word that stood out uh, that I circled, at least uh, metaphorically circled, uh, was even in what even a Fox News anchor called. Uh, if I were Donald Trump, I would say, see, that's what they do. The mainstream media with their bias that's embedded in there. Uh, so Charlie, what you, what were you getting at when you wrote even? Well, in front it, of, uh, if you, if you click on that link, the best presentation that we've seen, it actually takes you to, uh, the excellent newsletter prepared by CNN's Brian Stelter and Oliver Darcy. Um, and they are the, the reporters who quote, uh, Fox news anchor, who was it? Uh, uh, John Roberts. Um, so that's a quote from John Roberts. Now you could say even, I, I guess you could argue that, and maybe you are arguing that, that 
that for Fox News to say it's the best presentation we've seen in a very long time from the White House podium, that that's a diss of the Biden administration. Um, you could also, though, and frankly, I perceived it this way as praise uh, for the White House from Fox News for putting McConaughey, you know, in front of all those reporters uh, for, for what was a, a really a compelling address. Well, I would, I would th- think that the uh, diss uh, is to Fox News. Uh, and, oh, well, uh, and more power to me if that's the way you perceived it. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, by the way, I'm not criticizing you for it, Charlie. I, uh, I loved it. It was like, yeah, I, yeah. I, you uh, know, Fox news has, has by and large long since, uh, you know, seeded any claim to, uh, being a responsible news organization. So, um, that's what I thought it made this an interesting quote. And, the first time Charlie came on the show, and this is it was related to this, was uh, because I, I wrote one of his listeners, or readers, I should say, not listener, uh, wrote in and quit. That's uh, through you. You le- basically called him a lefty, which is hilarious since this is so. This is definitely not lefty. We could talk about the distinction between left and progressive and moderate, whatever. But this is definitely not a lefty uh, perspective. Yeah, here. and you know, Ben, and, just a footnote. You know, I've turned that quote into a Chicago Public Square T-shirt. Yes, I'm very well aware of that. My attorney will be contacting you shortly. (laughs) And I have a lot of these shirts, so I'm happy to to have people buy them. The quote was, and it's on the back of the red T-shirt that is available at shirts.chicagopublicsquare.com. Too far left for me. Sorry I ever signed up. (laughs) And I I thought that guy was the biggest crybaby I've ever... Too far left? Uh... And so you, you, you kind of embraced it, Charlie. I give you credit for that. You know what I mean? You didn't. You see, what the way the way the right plays the game is they sob like the little crybabies that they are, and then reporters bend over backwards to like feed them their BS, act like it's it's real when it's just fake. Everybody knows it. Their biggest you the only person in America that's a bigger crybaby than all of the right. Right now is Draymond Green of the Golden State Warriors. Any basketball fan, any call against Draymond Green, immediately the tears come out. He's pouring. He's crying. He's well. That's what the right wing is like, and that's what that that whatever he was, the uh, uh, your uh, reader. I keep calling him. You know, it, they're interchangeable in my mind. I I, I do the same thing. Yeah. And so, uh, do you feel pressure, Charlie, when you get somebody, some right winger sobbing like a big baby that they are? About uh, unfair coverage? No, although I have to say, you know, since I, uh, on, a, on a couple of occasions, have publicized the reasons why people say they're subs- unsubscribing from Chicago Public Square, uh, most people now do not give me a reason why they're unsubscribing to Chicago Public Square. <laughs> they just they just say, no longer interested. They check that box. So, um, no, I, uh, I'm the same guy I always have been. I mean, the, the nice thing about Chicago Public Square is that I have a, a, a very understanding and supportive uh, publisher who has not once uh, told me to change my approach, and that is because that publisher is me. <laughs> so uh, that's the joy of, um, of this new media landscape in which we find ourselves. The greatest love. That's a song about from way back when about loving yourself but it, um, it is hard to get the publisher to give me a day off i uh, it's he's an asshole and he regard. won't give you a raise 
No. Well, the audience gives me a raise every once in a while. Yes. We'll get into that. We should have done that earlier, but we will definitely get into that. Stick around, folks, at the end. Uh, Charlie will tell you how you can contribute to Public Square and, 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 and to subscribe to it and all that stuff. So you can be like Ben Jarofsky and read it first thing in the morning when you wake up at You can read it for free. You don't have to give me money to read it. But it's, you know, it, it uh, wouldn't hurt. All right. Uh, and then there's usually a shout out or two to a columnist. And I, I uh, wholeheartedly endorse this uh, shout out you gave to Neil Steinberg. Wrote a very provocative column today. Neil Steinberg, the great columnist for the Chicago Sun-Times, my beloved bright one, home delivered every day, uh, where he asks, and this just sums it all up, why do, quote, uh, we eagerly limit our constitutional rights to, to shield children from child porn, but not guns. Very provocative essay by uh, uh, Neil Steinberg. Absolutely uh, pertinent question, in my humble opinion, that gets into the twisted psyche of America when it comes to, uh, well, everything, but in this particular case, guns. Uh, and uh, so now when you're looking for uh, columnists as opposed to uh, uh, news, quote-unquote news, are you looking for uh, opinions that uh, second your worldview? Or are you looking for opinions that challenged your worldview or a combination thereof? Yes. All of the, all of the above. Um, honestly, it's hard to find uh, opinions that uh, challenge my worldview and that I consider credible, but I like to, I like to find them, you know, um, I, I mean, just to toss one out, uh, Steve Chapman, uh, formerly of the Chicago Tribune, which still publishes his work, even though he's now a syndicated columnist, tends to lean libertarian. And, and, uh, I, I've known Steve for years and value his work. And, uh, you know, when he posts something that is relevant to Chicago, uh, it certainly merits consideration in Chicago public square. Um, but, you know, I, I look for insightful columnists who are saying things that aren't uh, necessarily obvious to my readers. Neil Steinberg uh, has been a, a favorite of mine for, for decades. Um, I can go on and on about Neil, but uh, and I don't always agree with him either. But uh, he is a tremendous writer. Uh, he has a knack for turning phrases uh, that I envy. And, uh, you know, he, uh, like you, uh, is someone I like to point to frequently. Yeah, he uh, has a knack. He's really talented. Yes, he is. Uh, and then you love The Onion. Uh, there's just, I, I would say The Onion is probably the most quoted uh, periodical in Public Square. Uh, this Onion headline, uh, 330 million dead following mass shooting. Um, Pretty grim today. Um I have been, I mean, going back to 2001, uh, if you search my Facebook uh, files, I, I believe you'll see that I've been championing uh, a Pulitzer for commentary for The Onion for more than 20 years. Uh, I, I think The Onion uh, is insightful in ways that so many columnists can only aspire to be. And they do it succinctly, and they do it in a timely fashion. Uh, today's is, is, is pretty grim. Um, but, um, I got to tell you, I, uh, in, in the last several weeks, um, especially in light of the mass shootings that our, our nation has endured, um, the onion has been spot on so often that I, I find myself, you know, having a hard time deciding which onion headlines not to include to spice up the mix in Chicago public square. And, uh, and, and frankly, uh, 
I have gotten more comments from, you know, friends, people on the street, acquaintances uh, saying, you know, I, I really like what you do. You know, I especially like how you link to the onion. Um, I've heard that more than, you know, nobody says, I especially like how, how often you link to the New York Times or the Washington Post or the Chicago Tribune or the Sun-Times or the Reader. No, it's, I really like how you put those onion links in there. So, um, again, I think it provides uh, often succinct perspective on the news in, in ways that I, you know, I wish more columnists did, but uh, I'm, I'm happy to point to The Onion's content uh, frequently in Chicago public. I think that may be uh, working a subterranean way on my brain, which is why I linked you with News and Weird. I, I, that may be the link in my, you know what I'm saying? Remember I said, oh, that, kind of yeah, yeah. Me okay. weird. I could, I could see that. I can see that then. Yeah. Okay. I'll take that. And I'll wear that as a badge of honor. Yes. Uh, and there's nothing wrong. Do with we want to start weird. the show again over now that we've worked that out? Let's <laughs> go. We can do it again. Charlie Three, Myers, two, one. <laughs> uh, all right, here we go. Now this is like, this falls under the category of Charlie's obsessions. There's nothing wrong with obsessions, ladies and gentlemen. You cannot be a columnist without having obsessions. This I go is an obsession. You're right. Hundreds of obsessions in my life. I And I've learned to recognize young Charles Myerson's obsessions. And this is one of them. Google money for kids. If you're among the Illinois residents hoping to collect up to $400 per person under Google's settlement with those whose faces appeared in Google's photos between May 2015 and April 25th of this year, maybe you're wondering what to do about the children in those photos. This is a, a, a thought that never occurred to me in a million freaking years. I wouldn't even have known about the Google thing if it wasn't for Charlie Myerson. And now I have like a, I wouldn't say an obsession with it, Charlie, but like a mini, mini, mini might grow into an obsession with it. So explain what it is about this story that you are so fascinated with. Well, it, it, it is. It's fascinating. Illinois has this law called the Biometric Information Privacy Act, which has been on the books since 2008. And incidentally, and this is one of the things I love about it, we have a couple of disgraced Illinois politicians to thank for this. Senator Terry Link, who sponsored it before he pleaded guilty to income tax evasion after resigning from the Illinois Senate in 2020. And Governor Rod Blagojevich, who signed it before he was impeached in 2009. These two guys, and there were other lawmakers obviously involved, but you know they, they were at the, at the forefront of this, led or were key to passage of this law that basically makes sure that, you know, Illinoisans' biometric identification, their fingerprints, their face prints, anything that, you know, digitally identifies their bodies uh, is something that Illinoisans own. I'm not a lawyer, so please don't, you know, cite me chapter and verse on this. But, you know, basically it, it says that, that companies can't take and use that information without your permission. And in essence, what a lot of social media companies have been doing willy-nilly for, for years now is taking your facial information and using it to group you and identify you and others that you're on Facebook or Instagram or, uh, in this case, Google Photos, uh, without paying you anything. You know, you, you've heard, uh, Ben, I know the, the, uh, the maxim that, um, you know, if, if you're not paying for a service on the internet, you are the product. In other words, that the companies are using your posts, your contributions to their platform to make money, and they're not paying you, and you're not paying them. So um, 
you know, what's happening now is under this law, a, a lot of these companies are being uh, uh, sued and uh, because they don't go to trial, there are settlements. Um, there was a big settlement that just paid out earlier this year uh, from Facebook to Illinoisans, uh, who again, you know, f- whose faces were used and identified in Facebook without their permission, $398 to, to people who by the deadline, uh, you know, made a claim under the settlement that was reached. It's free money. And for multiple people in one family whose faces appeared on Facebook, that's real money. So now, same thing's happening with Google Photos. Google has settled because in Google Photos, anyone who's uploaded photos, you know, for for a while at least, I don't think it's happening now, um, you know, you could search for a name or a face and Google Photos would show you other pictures of that same person. So now there's a settlement, and uh, people who file a claim can get between $200 and $400 per person, depending on how many people file claims. Um, If your face appeared in Google Photos between May 2015 and April 25th of this year, people have until September 24th to submit the claim form. And it's a really easy form to fill out. It takes about three minutes. The hardest part is deciding where you want your money to go, whether you want them to mail you a check or send it to you by Zelle or use Venmo or whatever. Um, and then money comes to you. It's, uh, it's great. It's a wonderful Illinois law. Texas has a similar law, but I, those are like the only two states that have this. And so uh, you just Google your name and see if there's a picture of you. Is that it? Well, that's, it's tricky. If you don't have a Google Photos account of your own, and I do. And in fact, you know, I've uploaded virtually all the digital photos I have over the years to Google Photos. So they're all there going back to, you know, whenever I started taking digital photos, I don't know, 2005, 1998, whatever, whenever it was. So, you know, virtually anyone <laughs> that I have ever taken a digital photo of or, you know, who has sent me a digital photo that I put on my phone um, is in my digital, my, my Google photos account. So all of those people, it's a real rabbit hole. All of those people theoretically can make a claim. And of course, the more people who make claims, the less money there is for everyone who makes a claim. So it's, you know, do, is it in my interest to tell everybody? Because it means less money for me. I've decided, yes, it is. But, uh, you know, it's a, there are literally hundreds probably thousands of photos that I can go through and I can send an email to everyone that I know and say, hey, you're in Google Photos. Go here and file a claim. You're in Google Photos. Go here and file a claim. Um, so I may be spending a lot of my time between now and September 24th uh, sending emails like that because it just seems like the right thing to do. How many claims have you filed personally? I, well, I've only, I mean, I've filed one for, for Google Photos. I filed one for Facebook. I got $398 from Facebook, and so did a number of Chicago Public Square readers who have expressed their gratitude. So um, you mentioned, you know, that, that you might not have thought about some of these things, and, and neither did I, but my readers have. So, um, for instance, um, you know, one of my readers asked the question, how do I, how do I know if I'm not a Google Photos account holder, how do I know if I'm in there? And, you know, the only answer that I've come up with so far is you want to check with friends and family to see if they uploaded photos of you. And if they did, you can be a claimant because you're in there. Um, and again, every person that you tell have you have a photo of potentially shrinks your share of the pie, but uh, you can go and, and file or tell your friends to file. I get it. It's um, like property taxes. Uh, there's a 
total figure uh, that they're going to distribute. And the more people that apply, uh, the less per person share, correct? Exactly. And it's so it's a bit of a, uh, what's the word I want? Not shell game. There's another metaphor. Maybe you'll come up with it. Maybe we'll start the show over again and I'll figure out what it is. <laughs> We've started but, uh, the show. Today's, so today's, re- I mean, just to, to bring us full circle on this. So today, actually last night, one of my readers, Angela Mullins, um, shared with me something she'd learned, which is, okay, what about my kids who are in Google Photos? Can Is each of them entitled to a check of between $200 and $400? The answer is yes, but... Someone who is their parent or guardian has to file for them. Same, you know, two or three minute process. But where it says to uh, confirm, you know, to certify your signature, you write, you know, Charlie Myerson, OBO, as in yeah. on behalf of <laughs> Charlie's that one this morning, son. Uh, my sons are all not minors, so I can't do this. But um, so, you know, it'd be Ben Jarofsky, OBO, little Benny Jarofsky Jr. Is there a Ben Jarofsky Jr.? Uh, no. There's okay. just one. But if there were, you'd do that. And then little Benny would get uh, a check alongside his dad. Wow. Uh, all right. So it's a good obsession to have. Okay. It is. It and, means- you know, I, I thought of you uh, in terms of your uh, tax increment financing obsession. Yes. So that's, I think, that's just I think the best number one. I, I got so many. Obs- I am right now at the moment. I'm going to ask you about this at the end. So be prepared. I'm going to uh, give you a tease. That's what you guys are radio call. I'm going to give you a tease. You're on radio. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I was in radio you for guys. like. Until You're they realized, radio hey, wait a minute. Let's fire this guy. Now I'm not in radio anymore. Well, okay. uh, we have that in common. Yes. Uh, so anyway, Charlie, this is the tease. I'm utterly obsessed right now. I actually been obsessed with this person pretty much my whole life, but, uh, it has been, uh, just on special high alert over the last two days. Cause I watched, I watched the HBO two part HBO documentary about George Carlin, utterly obsessed with George Carlin. Can't started stop watching it. Didn't finish it. it. Uh, well, run, don't walk. So we'll get to that. So I have many, many obsessions. Uh, tax increment finding is just one. All right. Uh, this is classic. Uh, Charlie Myerson, that I'm now going to go down a little bit and get to sort of like the featurey part of public school. This is classic. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, I know he sounds very young when you're hearing him on the air. You cannot see him. Charlie was talking about that before. I can see him. He can see me. You can't see either one of us. Uh, this is audio only. Uh, but uh, you would not know this, but Charlie Myerson is of the baby boomer persuasion uh, and uh, loves radio. Okay, the man loves radio, and so there's generally a lot of radio references of the baby boomer persuasion, which I really get off on because I too am a baby boomer and I too love radio. And this one today, uh, I'm going to do it as as if I worked on this radio station, uh, adding to a rash Chicago radio shakeups. Iconic Chicago DJ Bob Stroud is stepping down from his top-rated midday show at WDRV. Let's kick it off. With a little fog hat. Sorry. Uh, so what made you give that little shout out to the legendary, the great Bob Stroud? Bob, first of all, is a, is a wonderful guy. And and I've known him more digitally, social media-y than actually in person. But, you know, over the years when we met face-to-face, he's always been gracious. Um, but this is not this is not me, and this is not just me because I'm in radio. I mean, I want to go back to my time at the Chicago Tribune when I joined the web team in 1998 and worked on their website. And it's true today, even now, on Chicago Public Square. 
Chicago stories about Chicago broadcast media are consistently among the biggest traffic drivers to digital websites. Now, you know, that's beginning to fade as generations of younger people grow up not listening to the radio and instead listening to music and information digitally, uh, which I've also championed. But, you know, for better or worse, my audience for Chicago Public Square, which, again, for better or worse, again, for better or worse, kind of skews toward people of my generation, because that's, you know, my Facebook friends signed up for this and their friends, etc. Um, Chicago radio stories like this, which I, I need to credit to the, the, the great Robert Feeder. Um, each of these items, and I mentioned that uh, Steve Cochran is uh, joining WLSAM. Each of these items comes from Robert Feeder's column, and um, and 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 back in my time at the Tribune, I you know I championed when and Feeder was the Sun Times. I said our digital when Feeder's got a scoop, we should point to Feeder from Chicago Tribune content. We should point to Roger Ebert's content from the Tribune when he has something great in the Sun Times. Uh, I fought that battle. I won that battle for the Tribune's daily email news briefing, Day Watch, which still exists. When I left the Tribune, they stopped doing it. But, um, you know, so going back to that time, I have known and seen in the metrics that these stories resonate with Chicago readers. And and so uh, especially when someone like Bob Stroud, who's been at his position and known in Chicago for decades, or a TV news anchor, uh, who has been, you know, literally in people's faces in their homes for decades. Um, moves by them are, resonate with my readers and I think with Chicago news consumers in general in, in a way that a lot of stories don't. So this isn't, yeah, Charlie worked for XRT, so he's putting all his, you know, his, uh, his radio friends in there. Um, this is me pointing to Robert Feeder in this case, doing some some work that, you know, others are slow to pick up on and that resonate with uh, with Chicagoans. Yeah, I am with you 100%. Uh, and, uh, Do I sound defensive? Uh, yeah, a little bit. Okay. Uh, but, you well, know... Let's start the show over again. <coughs> yeah. I don't want to sound defensive. Three, <laughs> two, two, one. Well, Ben, that's a great question. Uh, but I... Um, uh, I'm with you 100% about Bob Stroud. I love seeing it in there. And my you know, younger listeners, I don't you know who I'm talking about, but uh, this this guy knows rock and roll so well. And it's unbelievable. He does these little uh, tangents, the deep dives, you know, and I enjoy listening to uh, his, you know, him just to put that that knowledge on display. And uh, so I like this fact that he got a shout out. And I, I know that's the baby boomer in me talking, young Charlie Myerson, but well, that's no, just a Well, no, yes, uh, um, uh, let me add, first of all, uh, I was surprised to learn, because I don't remember, Bob apparently did some time at XRT. I don't remember what that was or when that was. Um, but uh, I want to go back to uh, Chicago Public Square from yesterday, also Robert Feeder, news that the you know the, the morning jock seat at uh, WXRT is going to be taken by uh, my friend and former colleague, uh, Marty Leonards. And uh, most clicked link in... Yesterday's Chicago Public Square was not that item, but the item underneath it in which I said, here's a picture of your Chicago Public Square columnist and the rest of the XRT team, including Marty Leonard's back in the day. And, and, and so, 
you know, my audience is my audience, so you can argue there's some screwing <laughs> no, there. But man, people were think. interested in a photo, an old photo of radio people in Chicago. And number one most clicked item. I, okay. And don't apologize for it. Let me just put it to you this, this way. Uh, one of the ways you stay sane as you get older and uh, face an increasingly more insane world is looking back to a certain degree and uh, looking for things that soothe you. Uh, make you feel better about uh, where we are right now. And so that's part of the reason why I love that, George. Now we're going to conclude with George Carlin. And I would love to get your thoughts on the great George Wait, before Carlin. we go to Carlin, I, I, can I quote a reader who wrote me a note yesterday? Said, I don't know how you can write this every day and not curl up into a fetal position because the news has been so depressing. I, and I, and I, I wrote back and said, how do you know that I haven't learned to type in the fetal position? That's funny. Uh, I am in a fetal position. Um, no, the the news is bleak. Uh, but anyway, so George Carlin. So you say you saw the first part of the documentary, but not the second. Is that correct, Senator? I am almost done with the first part of it. Almost done, Jesus! Almost what are you done. like? What are you looking at? You can't. You know, I watch. I watch with my wife, and my wife, unlike me, has a real job, and at some point, she needs to go to bed, and I don't like to watch stuff that she, you know, that she started. I don't like to finish it, so we're looking for a time when we can both stay awake long enough to watch more of it. Did not mean to delve into the personal life of Charlie Myerson. Okay, no, stay well, out of that one. Let's. Uh, my life that is an out. open book. My life is an open book. <laughs> It's yeah. a little too open. Actually. A lot of times, like, I'll be just watching the shows because my wife will be like, I am not watching another Larry David show. And so I just keep watching them. But, all right, so going back, speaking of sessions, Larry David, uh, but going back uh, to George Carlin, so the first part of the show, uh, the, it takes to that moment where his career crashes in the 80s. Uh, and he's being written off uh, as a has-been. Uh, and then the second part of the show really delves into what I call the profit phase of George Carlin's career, where he started doing profit his, with a PH or profit yes, sir, with an F? profit. No profit with a PH, not profit as in money, although he made money uh, profit as like, he was speaking like a profit and people would listen to him because he gave them insights and in how the world really works that helped him get through the madness of it and to see the logic of a, of an illogical world. Uh, and so I thought it was a brilliant setup for uh, what, is true what I the second part I'll put it this way, Charlie. The second part to me is what much more enriching enriching than the first part, but you can't appreciate the second part until you've been through the first part and to see the ups and the downs of this guy's life, the drug addictions he's had, his wife's alcoholism is just failing, being just buried. You talk about cancel culture, canceled. And he's just always on top. It's so inspirational. Get fired up just thinking about it. So what? Here we go. I'm just going to put it to you as an old radio guy, as a baby boomer, as a guy who grew up in the '70s, and you know, talk a little bit about George Carlin, the influence he had on you, the influence uh, he must hear at some points. I said this on when I was talking about him yesterday. Like bits I do are so. I'm just literally stealing them from Carlin because I hear him, you know. Uh, there's some great radio guys that have influenced me as well, but Carlin's number one. So what's what's the influence that he's had on you, or has he had? Has he not had an influence on you? Uh, I, I remember him as the host of, was it, he, he was one of the Mr. Conductors on uh, on uh, uh, um, uh, Thomas the Tank Engine, right? 
I, I mean, I, that's not the only thing I remember him from, but I, that's one of the parts of his career that I don't think anyone who wasn't a parent in the 90s would remember. So that's one of my most recent encounters. But, you know, the way he used to make fun of broadcasters, people who talk like broadcasters. I mean, as, as you may know, that's been one of my passions for years. I mean, both for myself and for the people that I've supervised and coached is, you know, when you're doing the news, you add authenticity by sounding like a person who's talking and not like a person who is reading a script. So, um, you know, his mockery of, of broadcasting is certainly something that, that, you know, affected my, uh, perception of broadcasting. Um, and you know, his, uh, although his, his, uh, uh, rant against people concerned about germs has not fared so well through the pandemic, uh, it certainly is something that I enjoyed. You know, he basically said, hey, get out there and get dirty. Don't be afraid of this stuff. And, of course, we now have some good reasons to be afraid of this stuff. Um, and, you know, his seven dirty words, uh, you know, mocking the, the uptight attitude of our society. One of the nice things that I can do in Chicago Public Square, and I'm on the fence over it, is I can say shit. I can say fuck. I can quote people saying shit and fuck. Uh, sometimes I do. Sometimes I don't. Sometimes I use blanks, you know, uh, S blank blank T. Um, mainly because I'm concerned about uh, filters that might keep it from reaching some people. But the irony for me uh, in, in, in the news business these days is that the place where those obscenities really could be used unfiltered is the print newspaper, which is not being read by young people, which can be kept away from young people, um, and, and 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 yet print is still awfully touchy about those things, where it ought to be the one place where communicators can speak forthrightly when quoting people who use obscenities. So uh, anyway, that's a that's a diversion. But you know, Carlin was a a, a truth seeker and a truth speaker. And, uh, you know, we could do worse than to uh, model his behavior in, in so much of what we do. By the way, that, that was a nice riff. And, uh, particularly at the end with the, uh, the, uh, reference to newspapers, I'm always making fun of them, uh, where they, uh, they won't write the dirty words that people use every day of their life. So I always ask the newspapers, what are you protecting the people from? Okay. And you're absolutely correct. Uh, Charlie, hey, newspapers, let your freak flag fly, okay? Just let it go, baby. <laughs> and ironically, you know, in the digital world where, you know, people can write filters and send, you know, email to the spam buckets if you use those words, uh, people are freer to use those words. I mean, I am, but, the, you know, the newspapers don't have to deal with that. Yeah, they don't. But they're just like, in their minds, they're, they're, they're just readers are 92 years old. Well, and <laughs> to some extent, there is an economic argument that, you know, th those people who are still playing, paying, in many cases, outrageous rates to get the newspaper delivered because it's just a thing they do. Uh, those are the people most likely to cancel because, <gasps> horrors, they used some of those seven dirty words. Well, I can tell you right now, I already showed you this one. One. Here's this one. Two. And here's this one. I, even, I still subscribe to this one. 
I do too. I get the Trib in the Sun-Times, uh, print editions, partly for loyalty, but also because, you know, you can call them and say, I want this rate I just saw advertised and and they'll give it to you because Charlie, that, you're unbelievable. I did not know this about, you know, like every single deal you like knew about the Google, get the $300 and yeah. the Facebook, you know, I, I don't know if you know, but <laughs> you don't know the, this about me, but I mean, even go back into high school, you know, I had, I, I, on my high school newspaper had a sort of an action line column where readers would write in and, and, and ask questions and we'd get answers. When I started in college radio at, at WPGU in Champaign-Urbana, Illinois, uh, I did a show called Probe, where we invited audience members, listeners, to send us their questions. I love being a consumer advocate. The one print magazine I still pay for, Consumer Reports. Wow, there you go. Right on. By the way, uh, you were a Husky? Do I have that correct? I was not a Husky. I am the parent to three Huskies at Oak Park and River Forest High School. Are you talking about high school? Yeah. I was an Eagle at Carl Sandburg High School in Orland Park, Illinois. Stand up for Sandburg, the mighty gold and the blue. We'll cheer our team on to victory, and to this emblem we'll be true. Go on and fight now, you eagles. And then and fight on fun after. Go for Sandberg High on to victory. Go Sandberg High and win this game. You rah rah Sandberg high. You rah rah Sandberg high. You rah rah Sandberg high. I never. I, I was in the marching band. I don't think I ever sat through a whole football game. Uh, I think uh, that's as good a spot as any to end this interview. Uh, Charlie's, uh, as, as as they say at the post office, keep your day job. Uh, and um, thank you very much, uh, Charlie. Give folks the information they need. Oh, I will. Uh, yes, yeah, subscribe. Go ahead. Just go to chicagopublicsquare.com, or if you want, subscribe.chicagopublicsquare.com, and it's free. Uh, my goal is to get as many people reading this as free as possible. Uh, this will always be free if I have my way, and because I am the publisher, it will always be free. Um, and then, you know, every once in a while, we ask you to kick some bucks in to help keep it coming, to keep me from quitting. That's the, the subtext here is give us some money or I will quit. Um, but meanwhile, and for everybody, it's free. ChicagoPublicSquare.com. Come visit, sign up, get the email, or just visit the website. Um, ben, thank you very much. You've been a gracious host. Uh, you, you're very welcome. Thank you. The great Charlie Meyerson. And uh, I, folks, am a daily reader. Okay, so you want to be like me, <laughs> uh, read the public square. All right, thank you very much, Charlie Meyerson. I'm Ben Jarofsky. Take care, everybody. <laughs> <laughs>